Hello and welcome to What A Night, part of the Nagsman Podcast Network, talking everything Tottenham Hotspur. And joining myself, Sean Walsh, this week, I have two special guests. Jude is not here, but I do have 90 minutes head of Italian content, Alessandro, and 90 minutes head of German content, Jan. So, hi, fellas, Sean. welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sean, thanks for having me. And Jan, especially welcome to London, because you're, <laughs> you're not actually based here, you're on a business trip. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, you brought the weather with you. It's yeah, nicer. yeah, I should come more often. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, just for you. Um, so today's episode, um, we're going to be talking a bit about what the view of Tottenham and their season has been on the continent. Um, there's a few kind of topics that re- relate to your kind of respective countries. We'll start with you, Alessandro, because uh, Spurs have had quite an Italian influence over the last couple of years. Yeah. With Antonio yeah. Conte, Fabio Paratici. Um, we talked a lot in the last year. You know, I was a big believer that Antonio Conte could have been the man to deliver Spurs a trophy. That this season there was reasons to be optimistic and positive going into it. Um, what was the view from Italy going into this year? Did they was there a belief that after getting top four last year, that Spurs could have really kicked on and done something with Conte this year? Yeah, I mean, at the starting grid, when uh, Conte signed for Tottenham, we all thought. Uh, was the perfect uh, job for him, you know? A club that needs to win uh, and a winner. Altogether, a uh, huge budget he could spend because he was complaining when he was at Inter, the budget wasn't right. Mm. He left Juventus because the budget wasn't right. And when he's back from Chelsea, uh, basically told to everyone in Italy, wow, it's another word, Premier League is perfect, Premier League is what I want. So the Tottenham needed that man, and and then basically I don't know why he started complaining s- since day two yeah. about about everything. <laughs> so uh, we didn't um, we didn't understand why uh, basically started doing so, but I still believe in Tottenham was perfect for for Conte, and now uh, if if I if I myself alone, and because. Probably nobody wants really him now because mm. at the end of the day, if you complain about Premier League, what we can give you in Syria, even yeah. the top club, you know, you left Inter. No money. Yeah. No. Was there a feeling that he was backed properly in the summer with the transfers? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I think there is feeling between Conte and Paratici, you know? Mm. So if Paratici try to sign a a player, I think Conte gave him the okay to do so. So, uh, uh, Tottenham had the chance to sign an important player like uh, Richarlison. And then um, it's weird, you know, starting before the season telling, okay, if you want to reach the top, we need to sign 15 players. For me, it's not the correct way to manage the, the one you have uh, currently. I mean, Tottenham, from the external perspective, is a team uh, with huge potential. Uh, you know, in Italy, was the situation with the stadium. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you try to, to look at the Tottenham Stadium, you look at the future. Yeah. So, uh, there the was potential uh, if you sign Richarlison, if you, if you have in your squad. Um, Harry Kane and, and Son, uh, Cudi Romero was, for me, the, 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 the squad was good, mm. uh, but uh, 
it's like uh, I don't know I, I don't know what what's really happened with him but uh, I feel like uh, he missed a, um, a really important chance for his career for sure yeah now yeah let's bring you in quickly because you're actually an AC Milan fan even though you're based in Germany yeah were you and I I, I went to the home leg of our Champions League um, last 16 tie and Tottenham really showed nothing what, were, what was your impression coming away from that tie were you thinking that wow that was actually much easier than expected were you did it surprise you yes because the the matches were in a period in which Milan really sucked um, in the Serie A before I think they they conceded so many goals so um, when the draw came out in December I was like okay that's a doable doable opponent but then Milan were in a really big period after the World Cup and then if you look at Tottenham's attack Kane, Son, Kulusevski, Richardison you think whoa um, but then if I look at the two, two matches you barely didn't create any chance. Mm. It, so yes, it was. To be honest, it was easier than expected. What was the view from Italy, Alessandro, for after that? Did it did it look as if Milan had kind of grown up, or was that? Did it look as if wow, Conte really has gone backwards? I mean, that's what he does normally in Europe, you know. Because, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> He has a really good reputation on winning titles when, when it comes to winning leagues. Uh, he, he had a really good tournament, according to me, uh, in Euro 16 with the national team. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the squad we had back uh, at the time with Pelene and Eder. Uh, Nearly got to the semis. Eh? Nearly got to the same. Nearly as well. got to the same. So uh, and he lost to the Germany. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and the, the, the famous Sazza penalty. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but if you look at the stats, um, he struggles in Europe. Mm. Uh, he, he wasn't able to to go through with Juventus. If you remember correctly, yeah. The the game against Galatasaray in in the middle of the snow. Uh, yeah. Uh, and. And that's the point, you know. Um, he, uh, he ended second with Chelsea in the group stage with Roma and managed to, to, to reach the round of 16 and then he, the, the, they, they were eliminated. Uh, not good tradition, but uh, also for this, I think it was an important aspect for him to grow and to show his personality. Because if you ask, if you demand, if you uh, put yourself between the top manager in Europe with mm. Tottenham, you need to be able to me to go over and to, to reach quarterfinal, especially if the opponent is that Milan with all the respect, because Milan at the time uh, had re really, really, <laughs> yeah. re really many issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a, is there a reason that? There is a is there like a belief why Conte is so bad in Europe? Is it is it just due to his coaching methods? Because I think we all know like Allegri, for example, went into Juve after Conte left and he immediately made them much better in Europe. Is that something that will just kind of stick with Conte forever? At, at this point, I would say unless he accept another job and he prove he can do it. Mm. That that's the level. I, I wouldn't put. Conte at, at the same level as 
Mourinho or Guardiola, for example. Yeah. Um, just quickly touching on Mourinho because you are a Roma fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, seems like you, you're going to, I think that you'll win the Europa League. Um, uh, now, <laughs> in <laughs> here we say touching wood. In yeah. Italy, we, t- we touch another stuff, but it's, it's okay. Gelato. <laughs> um, what, what's the general feeling about Mourinho and his spell between Tottenham and Roma? Did, was there? Did he come to Roma thinking, thinking, oh wow, it's this is big appointment, or was he still a bit tarnished by what happened at Tottenham? Uh, I mean, for for us, it was a big appointment. Mm. Uh, for the, our rivals, was ah okay, it's finished, you know. But <laughs> that's part of the game, and now he proved, despite I mean, uh, doesn't matter how uh, if he'll manage to win the back-to-back in Europe or mm. not, because mm, Sevilla to me is a good opponent. But uh, he managed to bring this Roma twice in a European final. Never happened in history. So Roma played just two finals in almost mm. one century. Two in two seasons, it's, it's heavy. And uh, probably for him it's really important because now we, we are listening a lot of rumors about uh, Paris Saint-Germain trying to, to sign him. Um, I'm really concerned, you know, because uh, despite all the, the issue and all the stuff, um, we know Mourinho and Conte are two managers uh, capable to change the mentality of a, of a club. Mm. And that's my main concern regarding Tottenham. You know, if Mourinho and Conte didn't succeed to, to do the switch on the mental side, what we can expect from Tottenham? I mean, are we waiting for Guardiola maybe? Because th- now it's, it's easy. I mean, if... If I could choose, I would love to see, for example, Roberto Zerbi. Uh, I, I would really a, like him a, as well. As Tottenham manager. Yeah, I think that he's kind of on the same trajectory. I've made a lot of comparisons that he is at a stage right now that Mauricio Pochettino was at when he yeah. was at Southampton and then yeah. came to Spurs. I think they're very kind of similar yeah. there and I think that he's going to get a big job very soon. Yeah, because maybe it's what Tottenham need, no? We, we saw uh, um, two similar way of managing style mm. content Mourinho they didn't succeed maybe you need to try something different yeah speaking of something different then for managers yeah you've been quite staunch that Tottenham should have tried a little bit harder maybe for Julian Nagelsmann yeah um, so you know first he was linked to Chelsea and everyone in Germany kind of expected him to join because Chelsea they have financial resources mm. which are mind-blowing he could build something uh, you know in the, in the past few years there are a lot of Germans coming to Stamford Bridge so it would have made a lot of sense the talks broke down uh, then he was linked pretty fast to Tottenham and if you look on paper that would also make much sense uh, he made some mistakes at Bayern, um, that's for sure. So, but in my opinion, he's a very smart guy, and I'm sure he would have learned from those mistakes. And it would be good for him to go to a club which is not on the top, top, top level, mm. um, but still kind of ambitious and and has a 
really decent quality. So, yeah, I think it would have been a perfect fit. Uh, Tottenham needs a real rebuild. They would have got a young manager who has already a lot of experience. Um, he plays pretty good football, so it's not like Mourinho ball or something. Um, so I'm kind of I don't know from which side the talks broke down, but if it was on Tottenham side, I think it's a mistake because mm. they should have pushed harder to sign him because I, I don't think they could get a better better manager in this situation, especially if you look on the next three, four, maybe five years. Yeah. And I think I remember when he came to Spurs with his Leipzig side in 2020 yeah. and they completely killed us in the Champions League. It yeah. was, it was, Spurs didn't have Kane or Son fit, but he completely outscored Mourinho, he outthought Mourinho. I think Timo Werner in particular on, in those two games was unbelievable. And it, I think it was around the same time that it, it talks kind of came out as our oh, Spurs were actually looking at Nagelsmann before they brought in Mourinho. And then two years ago, before we went to Bayern Munich, it was the same again. So it does feel a bit weird that Spurs have long admired Nagelsmann but haven't been able to get it over the line this time when he is available and they do have a vacancy again and this kind of manager feels like it would be almost the perfect fit yeah it would uh, I really expect him to join a new club this summer uh, because he's so he's so motivated he's he's not a guy who says okay I'm on the payroll of FC Bayern I earn my 10 million a year and I do vacation on the beach or something that's that's not him. He's he's eager to prove himself, and um, now that there came some doubts after his Bayern stint, uh, I think he's even more motivated to show that he's yeah one of the best young or even the best young coach in, in European football. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um. Quickly switching over to Bayern because they have been linked with Harry Kane all season long. Um, first came out last summer it was actually Nagelsmann who got asked about Kane and he kind of said he'd, we'd really like him but he's a bit out of our price range and that Raul Antonio Conte up the wrong way he thought it was really disrespectful um, and we know how it is with Bayern and the directors get asked about these transfers all the time they kind of have to say there's not our player we're not going to talk about it but it felt for a long time as if Bayern were kind of preparing an offer for Kane but it seems like that's called in recent weeks it looks like they're going to go after Randall Colomani instead What's the view of Kane in Germany? Was he viewed as this kind of big superstar striker that would have solved a lot of Bayern's striker woes? In general, yes. Um, the main issue, if you want to call it that way, is his age. Um, so even Uli Hoeneß, you know, he doesn't operate in the daily business anymore, but he still has a big, big influence. Mm. And yeah, a few weeks ago he came out that he wouldn't pay that much money for a player who's already 30 and that's probably the main issue why Bayern won't chase him harder um, because you probably need to pay 100 million mm. I guess um, to get him and if you look at Bayern they don't spend that much money uh, normally and for sure they won't spend it on a player who yeah how many 
how many years does he have left on, on the top top level maybe three mm. uh, unless know. you are center back then they spend no <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah for center backs <laughs> but you also have to 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 see the Ligt, Upamecano, um Hernandez they are at an age where you know they they still have 10 yeah. years yeah on the highest level. Their peak is ahead of them, rather yeah. than behind yeah. them. Yeah, and that's not the case with Kane. So I think that's the main issue. And you also have to see, they sold Lewandowski last summer for, I think it was 45 million. Uh, of course, he's two or three years older, but you don't sell Lewandowski for 45, and then you say, okay, I agree to pay 100 million for Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, and maybe, but this is only my feeling. Also, the transfer of Sadio Mane gave a bit of a warning to Bayern so that a superstar of the Premier League doesn't automatically fit in the Bundesliga because Sadio Mane came as... Yeah, I thought he was going to be really good. As the superstar, yeah. but now that the season is over, yeah, his first year in Munich was a more or less catastrophe. So, um, there are... Many, many smaller reasons, I would say, why, why I don't think this transfer will happen. That's, in, that's interesting, actually, because I hadn't actually thought of the, the manic piece of it, because I think he's around the same age as well, yeah. so that would actually make total sense, Kane turns 30 this summer. Yeah. Um, Ali, no chance of Kane going to Juventus this time? No, no, 20 no. Mil, no 20 mil on loan oh, for two years. No 20 million on loan for two years. I, I, I don't think it's possible with Tottenham, you know? <laughs> just, to actually, just to actually round up on that point, I meant to ask you earlier. Um, Fabio Paratici came to Spurs two years ago now. Yeah. Very quickly raided Serie A for some of the kind of maybe underappreciated players there. Did it feel like it was ever really going to work at Spurs for him because he, he had always links to Juventus and it came out in November of last year, his involvement in the kind of the financial mismanagement of the club, and now he's got this world ban. Yeah, and, and, uh, I feel like if you went back two years ago and you said to me, "Paratici's going to get a ban for world football for this kind of stuff," it would not have shocked me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think um, I don't know. Without touching on Juventus' situation, because I mean, uh, this is not the, the the place to do so. I would say. Mm, Paratici knows really well uh, Italian football. Mm. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Uh, I would say also football in general. Um, it was really uh, promising. Uh, started working with Marotta at Juventus. Uh, they worked together at Sampdoria. And they were in charge when Sampdoria is the top four in 2009-2010 mm. uh, really really good football knowledge but mm, as as it stands for the ones uh, who goes on the pitch you know Premier League is another level so yeah. even on the management side you need to prove yourself you're another level obviously for him was a huge chance um, uh, I think you need time 
when you want to change the mentality of a club staying on the legal side I mean but he didn't have uh, the time and obviously uh, apparently is responsible for what he did during the, the COVID with salaries and stuff yeah. for this was banned for, for international football and now uh, I think his career in a in, in a certain sense it's it's a bit compromised uh, at top level in, in European football because I, I don't see anybody outside Italy because in Italy you never know trying to sign Paratici mm. uh, to, to to run their club you know yeah don't be tarred with that brush yeah yeah okay well this has been good fellas thank you for coming on thank you for talking pleasure. with me about Spurs pleasure. thanks for having us it's, thanks. it's been really good great thank you guys Okay, I'm now joined by 90 Minute French editor, Quentin. Quentin, glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really glad to be there. We were going to do a podcast about Aston Villa a few weeks ago because you're actually an Aston Villa fan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good, uh, good uh-huh. end of the season for, for Villa. <laughs> yeah, rivaling Spurs for that Conference League place. I think it looks like you're going to get it now as well. Like, as long as you beat Brighton and I'm touching wood at the moment <laughs> uh, we, we just need a good result uh, against Brighton and a better result than uh, uh, than Spurs to qualify and so Brentford yeah exactly but oh, that'd be really be funny fine. hopefully <laughs> <laughs> okay so I just wanted to talk to you about um, the view from Spurs the view from France in Spurs like what what's kind of been the reaction to this Premier League season and the Champions League for Spurs? Um, it's a tricky question actually because um, in France people don't actually particularly rate Spurs. Really? Uh, no, it's like one of those clubs that if they perform uh, people just think yeah okay they are doing well mm. and if they don't then people don't say like oh we are missing Spurs here. What would they say as a comparable club to Spurs then in that sense? Um, in France, you mean? Yeah. Um, or or like in general, like who are the clubs that across Europe that are seen as Spurs as equals in that sense? I would say maybe Roma in Italy. It's okay. very similar to to Roma, I think. Um, and the only the only difference is that now that they have uh, Mourinho in, uh, it changed the perception of of Roma mm. in France. But yeah. usually, I would I would really compare uh, Spurs to Roma. Um, and maybe in France it would be Monaco, maybe, which is mm. a major club in France. But lately uh, they haven't been really performing. And if they don't qualify for the Champions League, people are like, okay, if it's yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about um, Hugo Lloris. Yeah, Tottenham club captain. He's been captain for uh, eight years now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent much of his prime at Spurs sometimes linked away not like heavily linked away like it was, I don't think he was ever close to leaving Tottenham until this summer it looks like he might go to Saudi Arabia or MLS mm-hmm. what's the view from France that because he's also France's all time appearance holder as well he was yeah. the captain that won the World Cup what's the view that of Lloris's club career um, I think people are very impressed of his career in terms of uh, the number of appearances he made okay. um, people actually rate him in terms of uh, career um, as, a, as a character. Um, they, 
it's pretty logical that he didn't move away from uh, from Spurs to me because he seems to be very attached to every club he plays for. Yeah. Uh, he used to play for Nice. In Nice, he, he left when there was nothing else to play for. Um, same for Lyon when he already won uh, some some trophies. And then after the, the logical move was to go away in the Premier League, which is the, the best league in the world. And there he achieved what he needed to achieve. Maybe could have achieved achieve more uh, with maybe one title or, or maybe like something better. Um, yeah. But in terms of his career, um, I think he achieved what he needed to achieve. He became maybe maybe not a legend because legend is a very strong word mm. uh, for Spurs but he became one of the major players uh, in the 21st century in my opinion uh, and that's maybe the view from France Yeah. Uh, but he, he became someone uh, that counts in the history of, of Spurs in my opinion and, um, and that's something that he will be remembered for yeah it definitely um, he's come up with a lot of huge moments over the years I've I've been critical of him when he has been. He's had dips, you know. I think it's supposed to be quite weird. He came, he came in. It was really good right away. Yeah. When Spurs, as Spurs got good, his performances went down, and when we needed him to be good again, they went back up again. And then it's only in the last year, year and a half, that they really properly kind of fallen through the floor again. Mm-hmm. What was it like when he joined Tottenham? Because I remember being so excited by that at the time. I could not believe that it was like, wow, Tottenham are signing Hugo Lloris. This is one of the best goalkeepers in Europe already and he's so young like yeah. what, was it surprised that he went to a club probably as low as Tottenham because he not have held out for a bigger move do you think um, I don't think the spaces uh, left when he joined uh, Spurs um, were very uh, important uh, so for example there was no space for him at Manchester United yeah there was no sp- uh, no space for him at Liverpool or these kind of clubs maybe Man City um, so at the time it was the best move he could have made uh, there was a very good project in place for Spurs mm. uh, with like the, the Modric and, uh, and maybe Bell uh, area, area. Uh, so, um, so it, was, it was the good time for him to, to move to such a club and there was a long term project for him uh, where he would be waiting for maybe five, six years to before another move. Uh, it ended being way more than that. Mm. Uh, but in my opinion, it was the right choice for him because he would play instantly. He didn't have like a proper um, um, of a goalkeeper to, to, to face uh, for, for the number one spot. And, um, and yeah, in terms of what he did uh, in France, there was no, nothing else he could have done uh, in France because he, he won every single uh, uh, trophy that he, sh- he should have won. Uh, maybe the Ligue 1 title would be like one of his regrets, but still, I think uh, it was the logical move for him to go to Spurs and to try and build something uh, for Spurs. Yeah, it's ironic that you said that about he was going and start straight away because he didn't come in and start straight away. He was on the bench for a month or two. Brad Friedel, who was I, I 40 even, years old at the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I even <laughs> forgot that. I even forgot that. Villa and legend. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I really liked uh, Brad Friedel. But yeah, I, I even forgot that. But in my opinion, it was the right move because from France, mm. we always knew he was going to take this first spot position. 
and for long term. Yeah. Um, and that was a normal move for him and the right place at the right time. Okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we actually we drew Leon in the Europa League that season. I was at the home game where Gareth Bale scored two free kicks and then Samuel Mtiti with one of the very best goals that I've ever seen live <laughs> in a stadium. I could yeah, not believe yeah. it. Um, but I don't. Th- I think he played in the away leg, but not the home leg. Um, but, um, but I thought it was kind of just interesting that we played him then. Um, so you don't? Do you not think that Lloris has wasted his career? Then do you think that he's had a good, solid career, club level anyway? That that he's being um, the main guy for one of Europe's top teams, even if he hasn't won a trophy, is yeah. that's enough? So it's it's a very interesting question because, in my opinion. When I saw him uh, starting with uh, with uh, Nice, mm. I thought like, wow, this is the new France goalkeeper for generations. But at the same time, when you compare him to maybe Grégory Coupé, mm. who used to be Lyon legend, and uh, he played a bit for France, even if he was uh, on the shade of, um, of uh, Barthez, mm. um, he, he was very talented, very young, and with a maturity that at such age goalkeepers don't usually have so he was considered as one of the generational talents but at the same time when you look at him you see some um, some parts in his game that are missing and this is what prevented him from playing maybe to Barcelona to Real Madrid to some very very top clubs but there are only a very few uh, top clubs in in Europe. So, yeah. so um, in my opinion, he didn't waste his career. Um, he became maybe one of the the major names at Spurs. Mm. He built something on the long term with France and with Spurs, and this is what made him uh, such a character at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I doubt he would be like. He would have become a, a, an even better player at the end. Yeah, uh, I just think he reached the the very top. Yeah, and his likes in his game. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we know. Yeah, just, you speak in there made me think of two points. The first is that you're right. The things that he lacks in his game, because when he came to Tottenham, he was viewed as this modern goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. He was so quick off his line, and you know people were still trying to figure out how to play high lines and play those kind of aggressive tactics. And he was seen as, wow, this is like. This guy could be like Neuer, and then as the decade has gone along, you realise his kicking is really bad. It was okay exactly. for a point last season, but is this yeah. season again reverts to type. There, there are actually two things that are really missing in mm. his game. First one is his kicking, mm. as you mentioned. Uh, when you want to be a very top keeper uh, and to play at the the very top clubs in Europe, you can't if you don't have like uh, an ability to kick properly the ball. Yeah. And the other one is when you face a penalty, <laughs> you need to stop some yeah. at some point. And I don't know if you have the stats of uh, of penalty he stops. Uh, They're quite with, bad. I've seen them. Yeah. yeah. But he did. It's weird because he did have a stretch in the eighteen nineteen season where he saved yeah. three in a row. He saved one against Jamie Vardy, mm-hmm. and a couple of weeks later he saved one in the last minute of the North London derby against Aubameyang, and then in one of the first games at the new stadium. He saved a penalty from Aguero in the Champions League. I remember that. But those yeah. are like pretty much the only three saves he's ever yeah, had in his career, it turns out. Definitely. <laughs> it, it, you're right, because I've seen the stats before, but before I saw the stats, I assumed that he was good at them because that stood in my mind so much. But mm. yeah, when the 
the World Cup final went to penalties, I had no faith that he was going to do it. Yeah, definitely. And when you compare, uh, we have another example now uh, in Maignan. Yeah. Uh, Maignan is a specialist, uh, is a penalty specialist, and he is the one maybe able to reach the very top yeah. because he has the ability to kick the ball, the ability uh, to save on his line yeah. and also to, to, to save penalties, which is three qualities that are actually the, the three main ones uh, for a modern goalkeeper. Yeah, I think to Larissa's credit, and I, did, I, I always took um, Spurs' Amazon documentary with a pinch of salt because they, you see what they want you to see. Mm-hmm. But the thing that did stand out to me was in the first few episodes, Larissa's is injured, so he's not there. But when he comes back, and you see the presence that he has in that dressing room, the command that he has, the, the fluency with which he speaks, his English is phenomenal in those yeah. kind of pressure moments. He says the right things, he knows the right kind of triggers to say. I understand now why, for example, Pochettino kept him off for so long and he was, he was seen as like the extended arm, the fifth member of his coaching team. I do mm-hmm. understand how important that is and if you're in the day-to-day, why you wouldn't look to bring in another keeper when that, you've got a figure like that for so long. Yeah, definitely. And even if you see his lacks in his game, yeah. um, he's a proper leader. He can't be a captain with his club and with, uh, yeah. with France exactly, for so yeah. long. Yeah. And he can't have like a World Cup in his, uh, in his trophy cabinet yeah. if he's not a proper, um, a proper leader and a leader by example, I, would, I mean, uh, because he's a hard worker. And it brings people together to create a proper unity in a group. So yeah. that maybe that's the secret of his yeah. longevity, at, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think we're a bit too close to it right now, but I do think in maybe five, six years' time, we will look back and I think the term legend will be used for Larissa Spurs. I think there's only been one keeper in history who's been better in terms of ability, and that's mm-hmm. Pat Jennings, one of the best goalkeepers ever. But I think, apart from that, you think the amount of service he's given, you know, it's not necessarily his fault that Spurs had won a trophy for example definitely um, and maybe that's more the, the gestion of um, of the after uh, Modric and Bale era yeah uh, with players that are not the same quality and like the results were not always uh, regular so especially the last few seasons exactly that's the yeah. thing and as a goalkeeper he's not responsible yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's hard you, you can only play one goalkeeper mm. and yeah, um, I just want to quickly finish with who, what are some young players in Ligue 1 that you think Spurs might be looking at? Because I remember this time last year we were in Barcelona for our summit and there were two players that you were saying to keep an eye on. The first was Kefren Turam of Nice. The second was Benoit Badiashil, who's now at Chelsea. Yeah. And I actually kind of like the look of him wonder, he's left-footed, he's young, he's physically imposing. Why weren't Spurs in for a player like that? Because that's a player that we need and we've got... Clement Longley, who's like none of those things. Yeah, definitely. You know what? I, I think Longley could be a good option for Spurs to 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 keep him uh, at the club. Maybe not as the very first option, but it could be a good addition to a squad where he would be uh, with two or three very good centre backs. Um, but yeah, I, I think Badiashi was one of the players that Spurs could grab uh, last maybe last summer, maybe last winter as well, but with Chelsea, it was a bit difficult. Um, But yeah, it's some time wasted, I think, for for Spurs there. Um, But 
one name I would uh, I would recommend maybe is uh, Luis Openda, the you striker love, love from Lens. Yeah. yeah, I like the look of him as well. To be fair, yeah, he's a he's a, he's a proper striker, modern striker. He's uh, he's got the pace, the tactical uh, technical ability. Mm. He's tactically disciplined, um, and he's also very very creative. And if I hope not for you, uh, Harry Kane <laughs> was to leave, I think some some very good option would be on the market yeah and Luis Openda would be a bargain for, for for Spurs maybe not on the very first season but on the long term you will have for your money I think yeah I do the legal market there's so many good, good young players there you just wonder this that, is the, the kind of market that Spurs should be definitely should be. And, and that's the problem with uh, with Liga is that we don't have the f- uh, financial ability to compete with mm. uh, the Premier yeah. League but we could be this league uh, bringing the, the players from lower leagues mm. to a very good level where those players those very few players mm. who are actually really good could go before going to the to the Premier League that's the way they're marketing it isn't it they call it the League of Talents exactly so. yeah and we have like very uh, talented youngsters as well um, from the academies of the mm. club and so many players are very talented now and we have some players like Lenny Euro from Lille mm. uh, we have Elias Benseguir from Monaco those players are from academies of our club and I would bet on them to, to grab a, a very good move in the next few years yeah. so keep an right. eye on them Conton, it's been a pleasure thank you for joining me thank you Sean Thank you for listening, everyone. I uh, really hope you enjoyed that special. Jude and I will be back this week for a normal episode of the podcast, but we'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.